I'm your host, Rob, and I'll be joined today, as always, by Dave and Becky. On today's show, trade deadline madness. We are less than a week away from the NHL's trade deadline, and the Rangers have already made one notable move, which has led to rampant speculation about what's to come in the next five days. But first, we'll talk about the main reason that no one has any idea what's going to happen next Monday, and that's really that the Rangers are playing some pretty good hockey and are still kind of sort of in the playoff race. Um... So it's going to be a fun week for sure. Probably a little stressful. Uh, Dave and Becky, how are you? How are you feeling going into this uh, this apocalyptic trade deadline week ahead? I'm pretty jacked for things to happen. I mean, I know that the Rangers made a trade on Tuesday, uh, Joey Keane for um, guy whose name I already forgot. Julian, <laughs> oh, Julian Go- wow. Gautier. God, that was embarrassing. Can you so edit well that prepared. out? <laughs> Um, no, but, uh, you know, that and that was, I, I mean, admittedly, I don't pay a lot of attention to the um, to the prospects. And that's a bad thing. I need to pay more attention to them. So I know that and I'm not saying that to uh, be cute or anything. But I did watch a little bit about Gautier once the trade came through. And I think because I just wasn't so married to the idea of Keen, um I'm really excited for that trade. Now, of course, where are the big trades happening, right? You know, because there have been some uh, specifically defensemen moved. And uh, I'm like, all right, TikTok, like, if you could move Andy Green, you could move Mark Stahl. So let's let's get a move on, guys. But yeah. What about you, Dave? Petrified. Absolutely effing <laughs> petrified. Because this win streak... The goaltending finally caught up to the process, minus the Bruins game, which, listen, they're the Bruins, they're good, deal with it. The Rangers weren't going to win every game for the rest of the season. But I am absolutely petrified of what's going to happen. They are still seven points out of a playoff spot, if my math is, if I'm looking at the standings properly. They still have to leapfrog Mm -hmm. at least three teams to get there. And there's no news on Faust. There's no news on Kreider. For some unknown reason, Larry Brooks is pushing this whole Henrik Lundqvist is going to get bought out or traded to someone (laughs) at some point. And I'm just thinking to myself, the logical thing is to enjoy this ride while it's happening. Enjoy the wins. Enjoy the good process. And know that certain things just don't fit down the line and for me that's Georgiev doesn't fit down the line because he Shesterkin is the future there's no point holding on to Georgiev just to let him tank his trade value trade him while he's high (laughs) and then and then figure out what's going on with the rest of the forwards but don't be buyers at the deadline don't stand pat at the deadline just I don't know, and this is the first time we've gone into the deadline without any idea of what they're going to do, and it petrifies. Yeah, me. yeah, and so let's let's sort of set the scene, and then we will get into sort of the nitty gritty of of what's already happened on the trade front around the league and how that might impact the Rangers. 
we'll get into some speculation of our own. By the way, I want to mention uh, here at the top of the show, and I'll, I'll remind everybody at the end as well, that we are going to come back next week and do another show. So if you've been listening, you know we've been releasing new podcasts every two weeks. We are going to do another show uh, next. Uh, we'll record it Monday night after the trade deadline passes. So we should have all the news, you know, usually right around 4 p.m., uh, maybe some trades trickle in in that hour after 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, but we will get on the mics and, and kind of do a, 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 not an emergency pod, but a, re, a, a hot take reaction pod to uh, the Rangers uh, and the NHL trade deadline. Uh, we'll record that next Monday and it'll come out next Tuesday. So so be on the lookout for that. And um, also, so don't let's... forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and rate us as amazing because you guys love us. And we want to get up those rankings so more people listen to us. Yes, perfect. Shameless you, plug. <laughs> always, always good. So let's uh, let's quickly recap the last week or so in Ranger hockey. They uh, lost on Sunday to the Bruins, but before that loss, they had actually built a four-game winning streak, including three wins in a row on the road against Winnipeg, Minnesota, and Columbus. The first game in the winning streak was against LA at home. They, as Dave mentioned, are currently seven points out of the second wild card spot. Uh, and that obviously could be nine by by the time you listen to this podcast. We're recording Tuesday night. So heading into Tuesday night's games, they were seven points out. Um, Dave, I'll start with you. What does that week, this last week, tell you about kind of the current state of the Rangers? The process has gotten significantly better. And that's something that we've kind of beaten with a stick for a while. I don't know if that's the appropriate phrase, but whatever. We'll run with it. The Rangers in October and November were god-awful, one of the worst teams in the league. Their process, I'm not sure if it is a minor adjustment or if the team just figured it out or if they just got used to the system. But they are generating a ton of offense. And when I say generating offense, I'm not just talking about goals. I'm talking about sustained quality chances in the offensive zone, yeah, they're not always winning the quantity or the Corsi, but honestly, that's never been their thing for the past six years. They've never really cared about quantity. They want to get those prime chances, and they've been very good at it. And now with them offensively picking it up on the four check-in and with sustained pressure, you're seeing the defense aspect of it finally start to turn around their limiting quality against and it's not yeah. perfect. They are, There are still issues. They still get pinned down a lot. They still have trouble with teams that slow the game down, like Boston, like mm-hmm. Buffalo, like Dallas, as those are the three losses. They also had a little bit of a struggle against Minnesota as well before they pulled out the win. But if you're looking at full season numbers, you're going to get a bad representation of what the Rangers are. And especially in a rebuild, I have never been so confident in the direction of the team that I am right now. And there's a lot going into that. But there's. You got to give kudos to the coaching staff, you got to give kudos to the players. And hopefully, they don't screw this up in the next week. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, Becky, I'd love to hear your kind of overall take on the last week or so as well. (laughs) I got takes. Um, So it was a good week. It was a good week to be a Ranger fan. And if you disagree, then 
I want you to smile more often. Um, they lost one game to the Bruins, who, you know, at the time of the game were the best team in hockey. I They still might be, who's to say. Um, but them, you know, between them and Tampa, they're one point apart. It's like a little dance there. I'm not going to lose sleep over losing a game by a goal. You know, they lost three to one, empty net goal, whatever, to the best team in hockey. And mind you, if we're talking about stats here, the Rangers, they they won that game in Corsi. And they the only period that they didn't look good was the second period. And it was painful to watch because, I don't know, when I have to look at Brad Marchand's face, I'm sad. But, you know, <laughs> like, it was it was good. Like, let's let's be happy. I think that it's interesting to see them progress. It's interesting to see many different people contributing um, and seeing more than anything the confidence that is, you know, you see Kako is playing with more confidence than he played with like three weeks ago. And that's really great to see. And that's what you want to see. Now they're playing meaningful hockey in, you know, the second half of February. That's great. That if you asked me in the beginning of the season if I thought that was going to happen, I would tell you a big fat no. So I had a lot of fun last week watching the team. I know that might be a controversial take, but um you know, we like especially against the Wild, I didn't I we didn't see the the first two periods and then we were watching the third period or the end of the third period and then overtime in an Uber. And, like, screaming at that Panarin shootout goal. I mean, that was ridiculous. <laughs> that was not so, a shootout goal. I'm sorry. I disagree. It was. It's if you not, watch, he's actually moving laterally. But what? who the hell cares? The who shootout cares? is stupid. Again, that is not David, a goal. <laughs> Dave, what you're doing right now is what fans who are complaining about them playing so well this week are doing. You're not oh, no, no, no. I am loving it. Things. I love the move, but it really shouldn't account it. I mean, it was, like, silly. It, that's something that happens to the Rangers, not for the Rangers. No, what happens to yeah. the Rangers is they do that and then they hit the damn crossbar. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and I agree with both of you. And I and I know people don't want to hear this or a lot of people don't want to hear this, but it's important for the team to be playing well and feeling like they have something to play for. I know that as recently as maybe three, four weeks ago, the 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 general opinion of a lot of fans was they should just lose games. This draft is so stacked; it it bet is better in the long run for them to lose. And I disagree. And yes, I'm aware that Alexis Lafreniere had like eight points the other night, and you know he may be the next Sidney Crosby, but they're not going to draft first overall. So let's just get that crazy idea out of our heads. They they were not going to draft first overall based on the way they were playing, even in November when they weren't even playing very well, but they were getting results because of goaltending. Yep. And hot shooting. So, so I just want to that, point out that from three, four weeks ago, that was right after they lost two in a row, Columbus and the Islanders. They're seven and three since. Right, exactly. And, and and my point, I think my larger point is, it is better for the long-term health of the franchise, these young players that are developing, and the sort of organizational direction if they play to win now. And I know that that, you know, in this sort of new era of everything's asset management and Everything is about um, developing and drafting players and 
Um, you know, you really only need to go all in once and you have to be sure that that's the year you're going to win the cup. It's like, don't make that trade unless you're one player away, but you never know if you're actually going to be at that point, one player away. You know what I mean? And that's, that's kind of an impossible target to hit. I think that the thing that is so encouraging and it actually, somebody, uh, you know, there's been a lot of comparisons about Panarin season to the last elite offensive season by an individual Ranger, Yarmir Yager. And I can't help but remember that 0506 team, which came out of nowhere and was picked to finish dead last in the league and basically uh, was in first place the entire year until like the last week or two of the season. They kind of faded, faded down the stretch. And then, of course, they lost in the first round of the playoffs. But it was so important for that team and, and for that for this organization to turn around there. Remember, they hadn't made the playoffs in seven years. Those teams set the stage for the next era of Rangers that came and made all the runs that we saw deep into the playoffs from 2012 to 2015. And I think that it's super important for the Rangers to be playing meaningful hockey now up up until and through the trade deadline. And I think that if you can't see the potential positives in that, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I think that it's just, you know, it's, it's a great environment for young players to learn in. You're getting really solid performances out of veteran players, which is is either making them uh, more valuable on the trade market or potentially pieces of the future. Again, that's the big Chris Kreider question, which we'll talk about. That is a huge decision before Jeff Corton and John Davidson right now is to figure out, is he worth seven or so million dollars for the next five to seven years? Obviously, I don't think they're going to go seven years, but you know, we could talk about that. Word is that they're negotiating with him. So Look, the Rangers have made it hard on management. This is not a uh, an easy decision for them at the trade deadline. And as you've said, Dave, um, it's not just a straight-up sell. And I'm glad about that. I, I, I'm really, really happy that this team thinks they can make the playoffs, is trying to make the playoffs, and is making win-now decisions. That's a great thing for all of these young players and even some of these players who are in their third or fourth year in the league. The Brady Shays, those types who are stepping into more leadership roles now. Jacob Trubas. Um, to learn, I think it's I think it's nothing but but positive. Can we take a Can pause just... and just remember how amazing that Strzok and Nylander Yager line was? You mentioned that team. <laughs> that was oh man, what a line that was! I mean, they were never in the defensive zone. It was the most crazy thing I've ever seen. Just <laughs> minutes on end of having the puck. No, and and of course with the rules that year because they you know they really changed the rules um, around hooking and holding and obstruction. That was right after the lockout. You couldn't put a stick on them. And, I mean, good luck getting the puck off of Yager when he was 33 years old or however old he was that. You know, obviously old for all other players, but not old for him. He played till he was 45. He's um, still playing. I know. <laughs> I know. In the Czech Republic or the KHL or whatever? Yeah. Uh, Czech Republic. Also, I need. I have to say this. I find this to be something so unique to Rangers fans. And maybe I just pay more attention to Rangers fans than I do to like the other fan bases that I follow. And there are people who I respect a great deal, um, you know, as much as one can respect a person online, but um, (laughs) who, who I've never seen so many people love the idea of tanking. I'm like, what do you like? What? Why? It's not fun to watch teams lose. Like, this is not fun. It's not actually enjoyable. Like, capital A, capital E. It's not fun at all. So I don't understand the whole point. It's just like, yeah, let's just waste a whole season so that we get a pick that we have to 
in most cases, develop at least a little bit. And then we should yep. keep losing. So we could just keep on getting these. Big, like, do you, do you really think that, like, in five years, first of all, like, the whole entire game could be different. The whole entire world could be different. Like, just enjoy it now. Enjoy the wins, man. Like, it's not that complicated. Yeah. Well, and I think it's more about, and I totally agree with you, I think it's about striking a balance. Knowing when, look, when they sent the letter out two years ago, that was absolutely the right thing to do, was to start stripping down that team and rebuilding it. But what you don't want is to get caught in a perpetual rebuild that lasts five, seven, ten years. And that happens to a lot of teams. I think a lot of people, again, everybody's an armchair GM now. There's more information out there than ever. So people, everyone thinks they're an expert. Everyone can pull up capfriendly.com and find um, players who are either underpaid or overpaid. And it's very easy to sort of throw out a tweet that says, oh, yeah, I mean, these three moves are the reason this team is is not competing. Or, you know, this is the, this is the next dumb thing the Rangers are going to do. Mm-hmm. And that always seems to be the attitude, I think, around this fan base is, I'm, I'm waiting for them to do the next dumb thing that's going to compromise their ability to compete. Um, and I think the truth of the matter is, I think, I, really, I think it could, be, it could be summed up like this. They're a lot closer than people think. Would you agree with that, Dave? Do you think the Rangers are closer to the end of this rebuild than, than some people realize right now? Yes, with the caveat that their managing of the trade deadline this year and the draft this year go a long way into how not necessarily next season but the season after plays out and I have been harping on this since the beginning of the season that it's not this year it's not next year it's the year after that the Rangers are going to be cup contenders that's not a maybe it's an are going to be cup contenders assuming they don't screw this up and make me want to kick a puppy well so let's and I love kind of, we all do. This is an animal <laughs> friendly show, no doubt. Um, so let's let's talk about uh, kind of the trade deadline now. We can kind of dig into the nitty gritty here. So uh, the Rangers dove into the trade waters on Tuesday, as we mentioned earlier. They sent Joey Keane, who's a rookie this year. He's a this is his first year of pro hockey. He made the All Star team. He had thirty points, I think, uh, as a defenseman. He was one of the leading scorers among defensemen in the AHL. Uh, they traded him to the Carolina Hurricanes uh, farm team, the Charlotte Checkers, for a power forward named Julian Gauthier. So um, now everyone, even the, you know, quote unquote insiders, who I'm sure will have more words to say about uh, as this podcast goes on. Uh, the first thing everybody says was, oh, don't worry about this. This is a prospect trade. And then, of course, 45 minutes later, the news broke that, no, Gauthier's reporting directly to the Rangers. They assigned him a uniform number. He's joining them in Chicago on Wednesday, and he's going to be with them for the road trip. He's the 23rd man on the roster. They didn't need to send any, send anyone down or make a corresponding move. So um, I guess, first of all, Becky, you talked a little bit about it. You know, you went YouTube hunting for Gauthier highlights. Um, but what, what were your overall thoughts about the, the deal? From like a, a hockey perspective, right? Again, I'm not super well-versed in the prospects. That is yeah, most people thing. aren't, by the way. So that's that's <laughs> not a that's not a problem. Um, but you know, from what I could tell, the Rangers are super stacked at defense, and we could always use another power forward. You know, so let's just. I mean, I think it was a good move. Um, it's it's easier to analyze 
admittedly, I did not have a whole lot of time today to, to do great analysis on it, but it's easier to analyze these trades when you don't have your heart set on a player. So like, for example, trigger warning, if Kreider <laughs> gets traded, no matter, I, I can't imagine a situation where people are going to be happy with what we get, we would get back. You're absolutely because right. Yeah, because people are are you know very romantic about Chris Carter and for good reason. I'm not I'm not discounting that, but in this case, right, Keen was up for a game. He didn't play. He went back down, and that's about all the NHL exposure that he had. So, um, I mean, Gautier has played in the NHL. Yeah, a few games. He looks pretty good. He's got like some forty points or something. He was like the sixth or something uh, uh like best scorer in in the ahl like that's it's all good stuff and he's humongous he's a man he's child a big dude yeah he's yeah, like and six four like 225 i mean that's quieter size yeah with great speed too i mean you know the few clips that were circulating earlier on twitter you know uh, and you know dave and i i think we're fishing for some engagement but we kind of tweeted out the same thing i mean Kind of looks and feels like a Kreider replacement, sort of, maybe. Right, Dave? I mean, you know, it's very much... A good contingency plan. That's for sure. I mean, he scored some goals that looked, again, that uh, some highlights that that found their way to Twitter from kind of Hurricanes Twitter and Charlotte Checkers Twitter um, showed a guy who was blowing past defensemen and making a move on a goalie and scoring, a la Chris Kreider. So, um, look... Chris Kreider also became a really good 200-foot player, as they say, as the cliche goes. He's a play driver. He has elite possession stats on a team that doesn't isn't traditionally a good possession team. So we don't know if Gauthier is that total package, but he certainly has the knack for scoring. He scored at kind of every level, and he's got the sort of physical makeup to be a, a power forward in the NHL. So Dave, I would like to get your kind of thoughts here, as well as you know, not only on, on what limited knowledge you might have about Gauthier, but also you know, what this might tell us about the Rangers, what the Rangers will do next uh, as the week moves on here. So Becky pretty much covered it from a what we know about him. He's huge. He's a man-child. He's fast. He's not Kreider fast, but he might be... He also doesn't skate pretty, but when you're six foot four and a man-child, it's kind of hard to look pretty while you're skating. But (laughs) he has breakaway speed. He has acceleration. He is a very smart player. He is a great net front presence who you can't really move because he's so big and strong. And he really does sound like a Kreider light to me. The thing that I love about this trade and why... This is a hockey trade. People are calling it a prospects trade. The Rangers have a logjam at right defense currently at the NHL. And now with Nils Lundqvist coming, that... You know, Joey Keane is a nice to have, but they needed yeah. upfront scoring talent. Outside of Kako and Kravtsov, they don't have it. So they had a weakness of winger and a strength of defenseman. Carolina has defensemen, uh, sorry, is lacking defensemen, but they have all the scoring wingers that you could ever ask for. So this was a match made in heaven, and it was nice to see an actual hockey trade go down at the trade deadline that had nothing to do with draft picks or anything. It was just, we need this, we have this, you need that, and you have something we need. Hey, perfect, great trade. But from a Rangers future standpoint, I do think this is a 
precursor to Chris Kreider getting traded, especially with the Miko Rantanen injury down in Colorado and the Philip mm. Bauer injury down in Colorado. I was kind of discounting Colorado for a while, but the West is wide open. They now have two huge needs that the Rangers fill. And now we have a Kreider Light who apparently doesn't need Kreider's tutelage, which is fine. So if there's no extension, I see that match happening. Colorado's got a legitimate shot at a cup even without making this trade because the West is so up in the air. And they add Kreider, they get Rantanen back. That top nine is crazy. They add Georgiev because they're not going to really run Grubauer and Francouz into the ground. They need something, and Georgiev's only 23, so they're not selling the farm for a 38-year-old Hank. Right. And I think, I'm reading the tea leaves, I, I hate this, but I think that means at the very least, Kreider or Fast, Fast, sorry, are gone, probably both. And I wouldn't be surprised if that means the Rangers might look to package Orion Strom and capitalize on that because he has a lot, I think he has a decent chunk of value as a pending restricted free agent, not an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, well also, to stick with Colorado, uh, Nazem Kadri is also hurt. They're very banged up and... Strom is also almost a perfect one-for-one replacement for Kadri as well. Um, so, the, you know, at kind of a third-line center, a guy who, who can give you some offense, um, play on the power play, which he has for the Rangers this year and done pretty well. So um, Colorado know, looks like a great match, but I, I also don't think we're trading. The Rangers are going to trade four players to the same team, you know, unless it's a huge blockbuster deal. Maybe a third team gets involved. Again, that never happens because NHL GMs are very scared and very uh, – paint by numbers this time of year i mean i can't remember the last time there was a three-team trade at the deadline you brought Um, up a good point about kadri oh i just punched the mic um (laughs) i didn't even know he was injured colorado the reason why they didn't want Kreider at the draft is because they had they didn't want to give up the 16th and new hook for a pending free agent and that mentality hasn't necessarily changed so Strom with team control, yeah, he doesn't have the sexiest right. numbers, and Colorado is very analytically inclined. But there might be a match there if Kreider's too expensive for as a rental. Then there's room for Strom there, and hopefully Colorado can kind of ride this scoring streak that he's on. You put him with McKinnon, and see what happens. Put him on the wing. Hopefully his defensive issues don't show up. Uh, that's a right. really good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so, well, and then, you know, I, and I think the other thing with Kreider is there are multiple suitors out there. I mean, obviously he is number one on the uh, famous TSN trade bait list, which uh, we're all looking at or can be looking at now. Um, I, I've seen some reports that there's up to six or seven teams interested, Boston, uh, I, the, the Islanders are on there. I, I cannot see that happening. I, I think people would, fans would certainly not have normal reactions to that. Um, people would jump off of Madison Square Garden. So we're gonna, that would <laughs> be the puke. end of it. They jump I'd, from the bridge. Yep. I, I also puke. can't see. I can't see the There's either no team. I can't see either happening. team. 
I can't see either team doing it now. And also, I, who do the, like are the Islanders really going to give up? Uh, I, who are their big prospects? Bellows, Dobson, and uh, Wallstrom. And Andy uh, Green. And, They'll give up Andy right. Green. Right. <laughs> I can't mean. forget Andy Green. That's right. God. So, but, but so that's kind of what else on Kreider? I mean, there's there's obviously a lot there. Um, now let's Boston let's talk is there. about this. Well, yeah, Boston, Boston, I think, is the other big one. Uh, I don't know Boston's kind of pick and prospect situation right now, but um, do they have what it takes to get that deal done? I mean, you know, uh, I guess what what is the, the best comparable for the Kreider deal? Is it the Toffoli trade? Um, I guess, but Toffoli is not as good as Kreider. I'm looking at Boston now. They have their first-round pick. They don't have the prospects but the Rangers probably don't want necessarily prospects. Um, somebody, I forgot who, floated the idea of Anders Bjork. And that right. is certainly interesting. The, he's an NHL player. Why. He's a top nine guy. He is skilled. And he is actually not Swedish, which I am shocked. <laughs> wow. Yeah, with that He's name? American. He's a good American wow. boy with a Swedish name. Guys, he's everything we want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he really fits the Ranger profile. That's for sure. He doesn't score that much, which is a problem. He did put up more than a point per game in Notre Dame. I'm just looking at stats. I don't know nothing about him other than this. But he is this year 52 games, 18 points as more or less yeah. a rookie. Yeah, Boston's a, you know, they're an interesting team. And watching them on, you know, last Sunday... They are very top-heavy. I mean, the Rangers had to do some defending. I don't mean to jump back into kind of analyzing the games here, but you obviously have to defend the Bergeron line. But I'm, I'm watching that team, and I'm not scared of any of their other lines. I just I don't really see it. I mean, you know, uh, and, and it, it looks like the Bergeron line, you know, obviously they load up Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak. The other three lines, I think, are just supposed to play defense, not give up a lot of chances, and, and, and let Marchand and Bergeron rest and then come out on their next shift and score. That seems to be the job of the other nine forwards. So, um, yeah, I don't know much about Anders Bjork. I just, you know, to me, this is kind of the funny thing, and this is sort of the incongruity, if that's a word, of this of, of the way NHL GMs operate and of the trade deadline in the NHL as a whole. So... The Rangers basically got, in the trade they made on Tuesday for Joey Keane, they basically got an NHL-ready player. Everything I saw on from very smart people and, and even, again, Hurricanes fans, everyone was saying, like, Gauthier is basically NHL-ready. He was just blocked by the fact that the Canes have a bunch of depth. And it was a classic, like, they don't want to play him on the fourth line for six minutes a night. He's a top six, top nine guy. He needs more minutes. So how come the Rangers traded a... a, a a kid, a 20-year-old defenseman who's never played a game and got an NHL-ready prospect, basically a young NHLer, but now we're talking about trading Chris Kreider, a bona fide 25-goal scorer, you know, as close to a quote-unquote star player other than the top tier of, of players in the league as you can get, and we're talking about maybe a top nine in a draft pick. It just this this kind of this is the kind of stuff that dri- drives me nuts. And it's like, oh well, every other time a rental forward has gotten traded, it's netted this return, but. Chris Kreider is not just another rental forward either. And it's just that there seems to be no, um, again, I keep using this word when I, when I talk about this stuff, but creativity or thinking outside the box when it comes to this stuff. And, you know, again, the, the Rangers, I think, 
they could introduce some of that as well because they're not just selling off pieces here. I think they want to acquire useful players for the here and now. And just going down the road of like, well, this is what other forwards got, so we're going to trade Chris Kreider for a pick and a prospect, it's underwhelming to me, I think, is the point I'm making. It's because Kreider is going to be expensive in both cap hit and years. I mean, I like am not in the room with them, but I truly believe that the hang-up is over the years right now. And Kreider's going to be 30 in uh, in in April, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't. No, you're right. Yeah, and um, you don't know, right? Like no, what he's going to be twenty nine, thirty. Oh, he'll be twenty nine. Okay, thank you. So, okay, so you you sign him for six years, but who's going to want to sign him for seven or eight years? And it's expensive. He's going to be at least seven, seven and a half million this year, you know, or per year, not this year. Um, and he's, you know, he's earned it, but he's he's streaky. Yeah, a lot of people are a lot of forwards are streaky. So that's not meant to be a, a, a you know, a unique, um, unique to Kreider trait. But um, he is streaky. You know, he's playing really well on the line he's on, but you never know how he may deteriorate as all players do. Again, this is not unique to Kreider in his thirties. He plays a physical game. If he has an injury, who's to say he'd ever be the same player. And these are just, these are the things that GMs and like, and it is a rental because he will be a free agent at the end of the year. So you are going to have to pay him for it to really make a lot of sense unless you're really just looking for one piece to win the Stanley Cup like you were talking about earlier. I mean, it's not really surprising to me that like you're trading, you know, pieces, prospects. They may be NHL ready, but until they're in the NHL, you're not really going to know what they're like. And those could be kind of more sexy, I guess, trades. But it's difficult to trade a Kreider. I think Dave is totally right. I think Strom is going to be a more desi- not more desirable piece, but um, easier to pull more for your return because he is team controlled. And I just want to throw this out there, and this has nothing to do with any Fords, but the Toronto Maple Leafs have given up five goals as of 8.41 p.m. <laughs> on Tuesday evening. Um, I think they could probably still use a goalie. Or and a defenseman. Defense. Yeah. <laughs> should have traded for Georgiev. Silly, yeah. silly, silly, silly. Yeah. I don't think Jack Campbell's the answer, nor nor do I think is their current defense as constructed. Uh, I don't... I mean, they're not... They're not in the playoffs, are they? I are that I don't think they're in the playoff picture right now. Um, I'll check. Oh, hey, uh, maybe Tristan Jarry going division. tonight. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so here's the other. So let's kind of continue on down the list. Um, and I just want to throw the names out there that are. Um, uh, and and we'll get to the goalies in a second because that's a, an entirely separate issue with the soap opera that's become. But oh my god. The, he, here are the skaters that are uh, pending unrestricted free agents. Obviously, we know are Kreider, Jesper Faust, and Greg McKegg. Um, I don't think McKegg has value, but maybe he's a throw-in. The Rangers have some pending restricted free agents as well. Ryan Strom, Tony D'Angelo, Brendan Lemieux, and Phil DiGiuseppe, who has also proven to be a useful player. I have no idea why he was in Hartford for the first 50 games of the year. Um, and then there are other guys on the roster who are not necessarily... Um, you know, uh, restricted or unrestricted free agents, but are potential trade chips. And 
Uh, I think Jacob Truba's name has been brought up. Brady Shea, who is now on the trade bait list. I believe he was brought in at number 37. I would just like today. to point out on that trade bait list, Carolina's first round pick is number five and Detroit's cap space is, num- is number 21. Yeah, so, well, the, the, the cap space how... thing is an interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, it counts, right? It is it is a thing that can and could and should get traded. Um, also on that list of, I think, other potential trade trips, Pavel Buchnevich, although I don't want to see that happen. That's me editorializing. Mark Stahl and Brendan Smith. Um, so I floated Brendan Smith uh, early, trading Brendan Smith earlier today on Twitter, and I got LOL'd, and that was the extent of the conversation. You know um, my stance on Brendan Smith. Well, you so so Dave, why going. don't for the, for the lovely gentleman that that uh, decided to act like a jackass in my mentions earlier, why don't you tell us why, even though he has a no trade clause, Brendan Smith might get moved uh, this summer? So. For the lovely Because that's jackass. what everyone says. No, he's not He's not going anywhere. He has a no-trade clause. I'm like, hey, bro, <laughs> that just because a guy has a no-trade clause doesn't mean he's not getting traded. So, so no, I, but please, Dave, enlighten us and enlighten the, the guy in my mentions. I hope he's listening. So to the jackass in the mentions, <laughs> that's what we're just going to call you. Uh, Brendan Smith <laughs> carries a $4.35 million cap hit. His... Overall combined salary next season in actual dollars is $3.35 million. He's due a $1 million bonus on July 1st, which makes his actual salary as of July 2nd $2.35 million. The Ottawa Senators are one of the dumbest teams in the league, and they will need to get to the cap ceiling. Sorry, cap floor. They... Don't want to pay money, and they've already made a trade like this when they sent the Rangers Mika Zibanejad for Derek Broussard because Zibanejad was going to be more expensive. Brendan Smith, yes, he has a no-trade clause. Yes, he can block the trade. I think it's a 10-team no-trade list. But for Smith, he's only going to be, I want to say, 32 at the end of his contract. Yes, 32 or 33, one of the two. And... He is a useful player. He is certainly maybe not worth the $4.35 million, but he's also not the worst defenseman on the team, as we've seen with Mark Stahl and last year with basically the entire blue line. So he's useful at $2.35 million in real salary, plus another $2 million to get the Senators closer to the cap floor. This is a match that is made, and Smith will waive the clause because he has... One more contract in him. Exactly. He wants to play. He, he needs because to play and Rangers and not on the wing. Easy. Right, he's exactly. He's a serviceable defenseman. He's, very. You know, and, he's fine. And also, yeah. he's so nice to Capo. I just... Uh, <laughs> That's I true. They, they will be losing Capo Caco's personal chauffeur if they do trade him. He drives Caco to and from practice every day, I think. so. And, and by all accounts, honestly, has been an amazing teammate through this whole thing you know he gave an interview on msg i think a couple of games ago and they he was playing defense because of injuries and you know the injuries to stall and d'angelo and he said look i i love playing defense that's where i want to play but you know it's it's more comfortable for me than playing forward and but you know he's been a great teammate throughout it he's done what the coaching staffs asked to asked him to do his teammates love him um, but I, yeah, Dave, that was my main point to this, to this, to the jackass was, um, <laughs> Hey, they're going to sit him down. They're going to say, Hey, Brendan, we have all these young kids coming up. There's no spot for you. So here are your options. We're going to demote you to Hartford. We're going to scratch you 75 times, or we're going to, or we're going to trade you to Ottawa. Which would you like? 
and Brendan Smith will choose the trade to Ottawa because he wants to play because he has another right. He and he has another. He has another. (laughs) I know it's true, but but look, he has another contract in him. If he goes and has a decent season in Ottawa, someone's going to give him a a three-year, you know, six million dollar contract, and then he's going to. Go play in I don't know Minnesota or something, and it'll be it'll be great for everybody. So, That's classic. That, that would be a classic Minnesota move. I feel like. Oh yeah, he really fit, would fit there perfectly. Yeah. Uh, you know, right with Suter kind of coming to the end oh, of his yeah. career, another steady left-handed defenseman. See, we're we're already charting Brendan Smith's future here on the podcast. <laughs> um, but so look, some of these other players. Um, I don't think Jacob Trouba is going anywhere, nor do I think he should. I think he's played a lot better the last couple of months. Brady Shea, and I know, look, I like Brady Shea. Uh, he seems like a nice guy. He's got great physical tools. I don't think he's the smartest player on earth. I think that's where he gets into trouble. I think he makes dumb decisions with the puck. Um, I have thought about a lot of scenarios of trading him because all of a sudden trading him opens up the cap space that you need to kind of keep some of the players that were that the Rangers are in jeopardy of losing. Um, and I think there would be interest in Brady Shea, but how do you guys feel about potentially trading a uh, a 25-year-old defenseman who seems to be, you know, figuring it out, even though he still has kind of some brain farts from time to time. I'm, I'm just, I'm jumping in to say I'm pleading the fifth for uh, fear of losing my best friend. So, Dave, <laughs> this is all you. All right, I am doing a quick calculation right now what the percentage of the cap hit is for uh, Shay. Give me one second. If you hear typing, that's me typing. That's okay. You son of that is, he is not fifteen percent of the cap. Five point two five million on eighty one. No, I, I did math no. wrong. Five point two five divided by eighty one point five, six percent of the cap. 6%. That makes a, that makes a lot more sense. He. Yeah. So the question is, are you willing to pay Brady Shea six percent of the cap this year and then diminishing for the next four years? It probably winds up about five percent of the cap when he turns twenty nine years old at the end of the contract. And yeah. it honestly, my answer on that depends on what they do with Tony D'Angelo. If yeah. they move him to the left side and they pair him with Jacob Truba and then they keep Fox and Lindgren together, that is a top four. Yeah. I love Lindgren. And then, and so then, and then you, would you keep Shea as your third pair left-handed defenseman there? Because it's a little expensive for a third-pair left-handed defenseman, but they're currently paying Mark Stahl more than that to be their third-pair left-handed defenseman. So, so Stahl, I guess what, think that they won't Stahl's retiring. Stahl's going <laughs> to yeah. retire at the end of the $5.7 million deal. He's done. But the same argument that I've always had for D'Angelo and why I think he's going to get traded is you can't pay your third pa- <clears throat> excuse me, third-pairing defenseman $5 million in a cap era. That is what gets you into trouble that is what the Rangers did in 2014 when they paid Stahl and Girardi and they were essentially on the way down. They made a bad mistake yeah. there. You can't pay depth players big money. So, um, so, so wait, Dave, talk me through that again real quick. Are you proposing that if they move D'Angelo to the left side, the Che goes in a trade? That's what you're saying? Yes, and he I don't have know to, why right? they haven't moved D'Angelo to the left side yet. He is so offensively talented. You have to try him on that left side just because it puts him in a better position to see the ice, to make the pass, to get yeah. the one-timers. It just he They're obsessed with this 3-lefty, 3-righty thing, 
And it blows my mind, really. Just Well, most teams are. I know, and it, it it's counterproductive. I get it's ideal, but play your best six defensemen and play your top two defensemen the most amount of minutes, your next two top defensemen the second most amount of minutes, and then fire Mark <laughs> Stall into the sun, and you're good to go. Oh, be next to Mark. He's blind. <laughs> he's also he has been he has been been better better, and i think that's better it's been yeah part partly because he's been playing with d'angelo who is creating a ton of shots and chances every Mm -hmm. game so what if we trade stall i mean listen i don't think that that's outside of the realm of possibility i there is definitely a gm in the western conference that thinks we need a big guy who has some playoff experience who can play a quote-unquote heavy game which is my talk about least favorite hockey cliches this is a really, they play a really heavy game. It's a heavy game. Blah, blah, blah. I just, I hate that term. Is Berkey um, still but, working somewhere? Who? Burke. Brendan Burke. Uh, I, I Brian don't think Burke, so, whichever no. one it is. Brian Burke, yeah. A Burke. A Burke. I mean, you know, obviously Peter Shirelli's not, but his, his ghost <laughs> might be hanging around Edmonton, who's in the playoff hunt right now. Do they need Mark Stahl? He, I hear Edmonton's lovely this time of year, so. Oh, my God. I'm sure he'd love it. <laughs> Uh, they, so if Andy uh, Green can get moved, Mark Stahl can get moved. That's all I'm saying. I think you're absolutely right. And and that was Lou Lamorello, who everyone says is the smartest hockey executive of all time. And he traded an asset for Andy Green. So what does that tell you? A decent asset, too. Right. Two um, decent assets. It was John Quenville and a second round pick. It was David Quenville, yeah. Da- David. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there's, I know there's... Multiple Quinvilles. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the goalies now, unless you guys have any other points you want to make on the non-goalie trade chips that are at the Rangers' disposal heading into uh, heading into Monday. But um, the goalie situation has, like I said earlier, become a bit of a soap opera. We've got Larry Brooks firing just insane takes and, and causing Ranger Twitter to go into uh, panic attacks about how the Rangers have totally messed up the Henrik Lundqvist thing and that they're 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 all on a death march towards towards a buyout and it's going to be a, a shameful shameful moment for everybody involved um you know the reality is Shesterkin is has emerged as the number 1 and it's that's clear um but I don't understand why they haven't traded Alexander Georgiev yet I I just don't see it and I and I I do I do agree although I don't like to get into the hyperbole game with the people who are saying that it would be very poor asset management to keep Georgiev and Shesterkin. That doesn't make any sense to kind of put all, of, you know, put a lot of stock into two young goalies when there is an obvious number one. And you know, because of Benoit Allaire and your current goaltending pipeline, that you'll have a decent backup no matter what. So why not trade Georgiev? And I, I like I said, for the life of me, I can't understand why it hasn't happened yet. I think that Gordon just likes to wait until closer to the deadline because he's a messy, you know what, who loves drama. <laughs> like, that's all it has to be because there's no way they're going to keep him. Or, I mean, I'm sure there is a way, but I would be very surprised if they kept him. And, um, oh, God, though, like the the game against Boston, first of all, the reason it was so painful is because we had Milbury calling it. Oh, that was awful on NBC, like you should be ashamed, NBC. And um they just spent a lot of the first period like looking at sad Hank and talking about how <laughs> Hank should like just leave and go win before he like 
rides off into the sunset or gets shot old yeller style and i was like why why are we doing this like is this really necessary right now i mean i know i'd like to look at him because he's a beautiful man but like christ on a cracker nobody needs this wow i thought only um, my brother-in-law said christ on a cracker well you know now you know two people who say it and i I can't i cannot oh it's terrible it was a very depressing first period it was a lot of shots of a forlorn-looking helmetless Lundqvist on the on the bench, but and I, honestly, uh, you know, because Larry Brooks is Larry Brooks, he probably saw all those images and was like, "That's what I'm writing my column about." Tonight. Yeah, and that's yeah, probably I got a great idea, from. folks. Right, oh I know, God. and it's, it's like the dumbest thing in the world. I hate this crap. I just like, and then the second period was just painful because the Rangers played badly, and I'm like, "God damn it!" Just oh god. No, but they they have to trade Georgiev. I think that they're trying to showcase him as much as possible. I think they should call up whoever in Toronto and be like, how's that goalie working out for you? And, (laughs) like, just be done with it. I mean, it's... I don't understand. It seems to make the most sense. I I don't understand people. I I, I don't understand people who just want to trade Hank, like... Use your freaking brain. Use the thing in between yeah, your ears. but no one's going to no, take no, the cap the, hit. The, eh, shut no, up. It's the cap hit. No one's taking an $8.5 million goalie. It's the no-move clause. He has to waive it. And yes, you can say, oh, they're making him waive it because they're never playing him. Shut up. That's not what they're doing. Okay? No, that's not happening. Uh, uh, okay. They can retain $4 million or they can buy him out, which is cap stupid. They already have $6 million in Kevin Shattenkirk next year. Another buyout is just really effing stupid. Hank will only return a fourth or a fifth round pick at most. Georgiev, thrown in with, say, any of the RFAs, will get you so much more. Asset management, yeah. use the thing in between your ears or just get off of social media because I'm going to reach through the computer screen and strangle you sometime. <laughs> well, this is a, this is a, it, it is a bit of a. It's common know, sense. Best an- <laughs> the best answer is the easiest one. Occam's razor, I think is what you call that. Obviously, they should trade Georgiev. They have a surplus at goalie. He is a an attractive young prospect. He, he clearly he he's been very good. He, he had a bit of a down uh, swing in his play, which which I wrote about in my piece that kind of analyzed the goaltending performance uh, for the blog a week or so ago. But um, he's been much better lately. His 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 career numbers so far through I th- I think he has about sixty starts or so are pretty good. I mean. You know, with the crap goaltending that a lot of these teams in the NHL have currently, he's an upgrade, and I cannot believe that there's no market for him. And and there, that, that's I think what's becoming a little bit weird about this situation. And I think some of the quote unquote insiders are starting to insinuate, oh, there's really not that much of a market for Georgiev, or they would have traded him already. And I, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that a cost control goalie with his level of of talent. Uh, is there's no market for that? Are we sure? I mean, te- teams are literally going to the scrap heap every year to try and find goaltending help. I, I, this doesn't make any sense to me. How is there no market for a 24-year-old who has good numbers on a bad defensive team? Yeah, he was stellar when the Rangers were awful. And yeah, he came down to earth a little bit. But he's obviously a capable NHL goalie who's 24 years old and has a lot of team control left. Meanwhile, Colorado, Calgary, they have no idea what's going on in their net. Their best goalies are 28 years old with one year left. 
It's not like this guy is a one and done with this team. They have control over him. And I picked those two teams for a reason because both of their backups are expiring contracts this year and their starters are expiring next year and they're going to be 30 when they expire or older. So you're telling me that there's no market for this? That's a load of crap. The Rangers are just slow playing this, which is what they do. They're not going to make the big splash yet. And Gordon has a history of getting some of the smaller trades out before the bigger trades. And if the Rangers aren't getting what they want for Georgiev straight up, then Georgiev and Strom or Georgiev and Shea or Georgiev and D'Angelo or whatever. There's a deal to be made there. If not at the deadline, then at the draft. And the Rangers being patient is what's going to work for them. The three-goalie system sucks, but telling me there's no market for Georgiev, but there's a market for 37-year-old Henrik Lundqvist at $8.5 million is stupid. How stupid are you people sometimes? And I'm not talking (laughs) about anybody listening here. I'm talking about the people, the insiders, that retweet the team accounts as their gospel of, hey, I broke a trade, I retweeted the team account. Talking about those people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another team that comes to mind in this whole situation is San Jose. And now I know San Jose is kind of selling right now, but their goaltending situation is a catastrophe. It's it's Aaron Dell and Martin Jones. Um, and they also, you know, again, this is and I, again, I'm, I'm imploring it. So I'm shouting it from the rooftops here. Somebody in the NHL get get creative just because the Rangers and Sharks are sort of both, quote unquote, selling doesn't mean they can't be trading partners now or potentially at the draft. And, and you're right, Dave. Maybe this happens at the draft. I think we're all being, myself included, I'm being a little bit impatient knowing that the trade deadline's in, in five days. But, you know, wh- why can't the Rangers work something out around um, Georgiev plus, like you said, for, you know, whether it's Kevin LeBanc or, or picks and prospects from the Sharks, again, um, they're a team that needs to remake themselves. You know, they, they, they it clearly hasn't worked out for them. They've had some injury problems. I think they're probably going to, because they have Carlson and Burns and these guys under contracts, they're going to try and continue to compete. I don't think they're going into a full sell-off, but they're not making the playoffs this year. So, you know, why, why doesn't a San Jose trade work here either? I mean, that was one of the uh, kind of more widely uh, speculated about ideas a few weeks ago. I mean, I, I think that's a draft trade if it's LeBanc. There's got to be con- – he's a restricted free agent. There's got to be some kind of contract offer that they're going through and they're going to have to come to an impasse maybe, see what arbitration awards him, and go from there. If that's the way they go, I think that's a late all- summer, August, maybe training camp kind of trade. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um all right. Any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Um, have any trades happened in the hour that we've been recording? Does anyone anyone want to check Twitter really quick? Uh, I kind of had it open and I don't see anything happening. I didn't um, see anything either. Yeah. The only thing I saw is today. I mean, I saw someone retweeted like an older uh, tweet and it was about <laughs> like how you could put on a Penguins game and not know who the hell is scoring. And then they show you like the person who scored and they have like 15 goals this season. And that's literally what's happening in this Penguins Maple Leafs game. Like, yeah, I, don't, guy. I, I don't know anyone who's scoring. I didn't know they had a Pedersen on their team. I was like, Elliot, Teddy like, Bluger. He's that's just a classic. No name. Bluger, Penguin that scores yeah, like 20 it, goals. It's, it's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. 
Um, so Marcus also, Pedersen, by the way, just got ex- extended in Pittsburgh for like five years too. Well, that shows how much attention I'm paying. And uh, also, interesting tidbit up in Ottawa, <laughs> Eugene Melnick is sitting in like the box or suite or whatever he has with Mel Gibson. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> it's just like garbage and garbage. It's the crossover the NHL uh, needs. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's just the, 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 that's the SoundCloud collaboration to end all SoundCloud collaborations right there. Yeah, no one needs it. And that's so, all I've got for you guys. <laughs> so to answer your question of Rob, Alec Martinez is being held out tonight. And right. Eklund said that Ryan Miller or Craig Anderson are at the top of Colorado's goalie list, which means we can probably strike those two names off the list. Craig Anderson. Craig Anderson? Are you serious? Oh, my God. The Colorado Avalanche are run by smart people, so I think that's just silly. And we can probably cross those two names off the list because it's Eklund. Probably. 38. It doesn't make any sense to me either. All right, uh, last question. It, and I'll go to Becky first. Is Chris Kreider a Ranger when we next do this podcast oh, in five days from now? I think a... he is. You don't think they're trading him? I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to wow. come to a deal. I do. I I, I do. I don't Dave. know why. I don't have any like like reason other than I just do. So. I hate you for this question. Dave. I really do. Well. Yeah. Aggressive. This is how this is what this is how you make good podcasts. This is how you good you make good radio, as they say. Yeah, I'm gonna make you take Give a shot your... of stank tequila with hot sauce next time. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, you want to make a wager? I, I we're not making wagers, not yet. We'll we'll no. pick something you else. You can't to make wager a wager on, maybe, on something like this. No, maybe right. the playoffs. We'll do right. we'll do wagers. So I think he is not going to be a ranger, and I think the Rangers choose Strom over Kreider with Gautier in the mix. And that petrifies me. Any potential strong contract petrifies me because he has cooled off significantly. Yeah, I think that's, I agree with you. Um, But I'm going to, I agree with what you're saying. I think you made a salient point. Um, But I'm going to go with Becky here. I think they're, I don't think they're trading him. And I think they are going to come to some sort of agreement. Maybe that's just me being a fan. Maybe I spent too much time watching old Chris Kreider videos from the 2012 and 2014 playoffs this year uh, oh, or th- to earlier today. But yeah, if you want to start bringing tears to your eyes, do that. Um, I hate but you I for do that think- question. Rob, I, why, I, don't I, I you, um, why don't you tell everyone the last thing you said to me before we went to sleep last night? I, I said that I am uh, just getting depressed thinking about Chris Kreider no longer being a Ranger. It is It has hit me in a really weird way because I try not to get emotionally attached to players anymore, but... As I've gotten older and a little bit more rational about sports, uh, even though I root like a crazy person, I, I, I truly do the Seinfeld root for the laundry thing. <laughs> I try not to get uh, attached to individual players, but seeing Kreider go, I think, would be really tough. And I, I, I really like him as a player and a person. I think he's a great influence in the locker room. I think all of that sort of chemistry, glue guy, good, good in the room, uh, all those cliches actually apply to him and are true. Um, from what from what you can see, and you know his relationship with Zavanajad, and he speaks four languages, and what he can do as a leader in, on the team. But look, you have to be cold hearted and kind of neutral as as management. And the Rangers are going to make the best decision um, ahead of them or in front of them. So we will see what happens. All right, guys. So that's it. Uh, Live from the Blue Seats is a production of Blue Seat Blogs. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. We are currently available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, 
Google Play and host it on Acast. If you can spare a minute, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps other fans find the show. We will be back next Tuesday with a trade deadline recap episode. That's a special podcast. Only one week from today. Uh, check out blueseatblogs.com, the longest running fan site for all things Rangers, from news and opinion to video analysis and more. For Dave and Becky, this is Rob signing off, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.